Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Generally Casual. I am one of your co-hosts, Randy Newman, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael, and joined with me today is... Uh, Richard is over there on the other mic. And Corey is somewhere in this room. No, I'm on the same mic. It's two two guys to a mic. They're also making out. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we I'm are holding hands, though. and have, in fact, all of this is just Michael. Oh, I like that. This yeah. is also yeah. this is Mikhail. Oh, fourth personality has emerged. And, and then is that also Mikhail? No, no. Oh, I'm getting into that personality. It's, <laughs> a, it's just Michael and Mikhail. <laughs> oh, I wish that was soft Mikhail. Like, oh, I'm worried. Look at him. Oh, so you're trying there. to go like Gaelic with that? Sure. Yeah, if, no, that, that would if be that's Mikhail. what translates well, that would be Mikhail. Mikhail. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Gaelic was a good intro because we're talking about Halloween today. We're we're kind of wrapping up all the things spooky. This should be it should be around Halloween time that we release this. It's literally Hopefully. a few days before when it'll get released. Cool. It's literally exactly the same day before Halloween. It's like we planned it, and it's a hundred percent to schedule. Ca- yes, calendars. Yeah, calendars, man. Are we, we a professional podcast who plans out their podcast? Now we are. We now did. We did. We have no idea what we're doing after this, but now it makes sense. Yep. We're gonna do what happens at the beginning of November next time. Uh, who knows? Plot twist. <laughs> it's actually Sowen. That did you like that yeah. silence that was there? <laughs> That's usually what happens after Corey talks. Yeah, yeah, it's true. November first is is what ha- is uh, is Sowen, which is the original tradition that started off the whole Halloween extravaganza. Well, that's what but, historians think. But before we get into that discussion, we have to do what we normally do and do a definition of no, Halloween. No, no. Jump cuts. Jump cuts. <laughs> no, no, right? no we're, we're, jumping, we're jumping cuts. What is sewing? No! <laughs> <laughs> You're wrecking my brain right now. Here we go, Richard. Richard, to you. The okay. definition of sewing is... No! <laughs> you can go over that after. You have your own lexico definitions of things, even though they're not from lexico. So... Halloween, or Halloween, because there's an apostrophe in the original spelling, apparently. That's like my recorded (laughs) (laughs) Halloween. Halloween um, is the night of October 31st, the eve of All Saints Day, commonly celebrated by children who dress in costume and go door to door asking for candy. That obviously is the current definition of what Halloween is now. Or what we know it as. Yeah. Exactly. By comparison to Sowin, as you guys have now said multiple times. No, 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 no. Sowin. Samhain. No. Uh, <laughs> definitely no. Samhain. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> uh, we would like to point out that Gaelic is confusing. Or Gaelic, Celtic, whatever. All of that. All of it that. It doesn't make sense to me. It's very complicated language. It is hard. Because the way things are written are not how they sound. No. Not no. at all. No. But... It is pronounced Sowen. Yes. Uh, it is spelt Samhain. <laughs> I'm calling Celtics out, all right? I'm calling them out right now. Um, Controversial podcast, sorry. It, <laughs> Stop it. it <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is thought that Halloween uh, originated in, as some sort of translation from this Celtic festival. Um, and apparently, Sowen... Uh, some people confuse it as the celebration to celebrate the last day of summer, but that is incorrect. Uh, the last day of incorrect. summer is in August, according to the Celtic calendar. 
Um, and Soen is actually a celebration of the beginning of the Dhaka pots of the year. That is exactly right, Corey. All right. Um, it is literally uh, the celebration of the darker parts of the year. If I'm not mistaken, that is its translation. At least everything I looked at quotes darker year, and then like nothing else is quoted. So I'm like, that's probably the translation. Uh, also, strangely enough, it's one of the eight Sabbaths of Wicca. So, Ooh, And Wicca okay. is also tied into celebrations of Halloween. We should do that as a podcast episode. It is Wicca. Oh, my that, goodness. That would be really cool. Next year, October. We are transparent. You yeah. are seeing us develop our ideas right now. Right now. It's on the board. It's We have it's, a board. It's not on the board yet, <laughs> it's but it written. will be on the board. It sounds more professional to have a board, guys. It's written. Come on. We do. It's a digital board. Yeah. We just don't have it written. Right no, 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 no. It's written on the wall in blood. <laughs> As wrote, is the way. Wait, who wrote that? <laughs> but uh, Our ghost writes itself. <laughs> I, I feel like... And practically all of my research for this episode was on Soen, which I'm high-fiving Michael with right now because we collaborated <laughs> separately. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I picked but other things. That's Soen, good, though. <laughs> Soen is very cool because it is believed that this was the time of the year where the lines between uh, our world and the other world kind of blurred together, so things were kind of a little like, ooh, spooky, like going back into the... Uh, Nightmare of Elm Street, like pushing through the wall kind of thing. Oh, um, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice callback, Corey. Yeah, Freddy. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I understand now. Nightmare um, on Pagan Street. Nope. Nightmare of Elm Street. <laughs> no, Nightmare on Pagan Street. I feel like a street would be a nightmare for pagans. Yeah. They're like, what is this? <laughs> Where'd all the plants go? Yeah. And and speaking about that, this uh, this tradition of Soen was actually originally a pagan uh, tradition, although I think that's where history kind of goes, eh, it's like Celtic pagan. It's, it's, a it's a thing here. And they're they're not exactly what came before that just because that tradition has been around for 2,000 plus years. It's also yeah. hard because around that time, uh, there was a lot less written stuff because mm-hmm. that was kind of like middle of the dark ages. Um, you've got like issues where a new religion's trying to push in and mm-hmm. it's pushing out a lot of the more druidic kind of faiths. Yeah. Um, so people are kind of more underground and practicing it. Um, but I thought Soen was really, really cool because there's a lot of stuff that they do in their festivities or the stories that they tell that kind of teaches, like, I was going to say morals, but that's not right. But, like, general healthy living. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I forget the phrase for that term. Um, but you know how we, with the campfire stories, we mentioned how it's normally about teaching a moral morals. through the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the important ones that I learned researching this was essentially there's a story where um, there's a dead man hanging from a noose uh people think that it was some sort of ritualistic sacrifice that was common in the time um because obviously so when they did practice sacrifices and rituals and stuff to offer the dead things to placate them Mm -hmm. um and essentially there's a hanged man and they would go and tie something around the man's leg and then essentially the dead man talks to them and says, oh, bring me down, give me something to drink, and I'll help you guys out. And essentially they do that. The family brings them down, gives them a drink, and then 
the moment the corpse has the water, the whole family dies. Oh. So it's just, they were saying like, oh, water is a gateway to death at this time. So be careful. You don't ever bring the dead to water, all that kind of stuff. They would say, oh. keep water out of your house. Be careful with that stuff. It's dangerous. It's like a mirror into the other world. But a lot of people think that this was actually an early uh, telling of the dangers of inco- uh, incorporating either like dead stuff to water or stagnant water. Mm-hmm. So don't keep water in the house too long. It goes stagnant. It goes bad. Um, you're then introducing putrefaction to a water source. Makes wow. sense. I mean, it's the same thing like with mosquitoes. Mosquitoes mm-hmm. yeah. tend to breed in, breed in stagnant water. So well. I thought that's really cool. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Dead Man Hanging on News is early Norse mythology. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because Odin. Yeah, because that's how Odin was hanged. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how he got even bigger, badder Odin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He became mega Odin. And because that's a really old religion, <laughs> it makes sense that, that kind of carried over into other other uh, cultural t- traditions. Yeah. Um. But, like, there was a lot of practicing of, like, bonfires and parties and stuff like that with Soen. Um, it was because it's very common a- across a whole bunch of religions that um, bonfires kind of ward off the dead and all that kind of stuff. And that was what Soen was really celebrating was, like, the worlds draw closer, so we need to placate the dead. We need to offer sacrifices. Um, a-, a big common thing was offering two-thirds of your crops mm. um, or two-thirds of your animals. Um, and a lot of people were saying that that is common because that time of year when it starts cooling down, that's when a lot of the rot sets in. Yeah, so yeah. Um, people were saying you have to offer two-thirds because if you didn't, then a lot of your harvest would go to waste and mm-hmm. would rot. Not realizing it's not the spirits causing that. It's literally that is a common thing that happens at, yeah, yeah. Else. at yeah. that time of year. Yeah. Um, same thing with uh, it is a bit iffy as to whether they actually did the human sacrifices or the children's sacrifices, um, which is obviously very extreme. But um, two-thirds is actually around about the same child mortality rate for that era. Oh. So... Creepy. Someone's yeah. thinking real hard about making these traditions. Yeah, I, I just thought it was really creepy. cool how they're seeing these statistics in real life and they're like, ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ghosts. Uh, I thought what was interesting is like that there was some unique mechanical things that they would use um, in order to like celebrate and um, kind of involve the gods and um, spirits around them. Uh, they would use like a, a wheel representing the sun and then as the wheel spun, it would ignite fire <laughs> around them uh, by using the friction of the wheel to spark and make flames. Oh, and I was like, would love this. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Really cool. And then the, the part of the tradition is they would go and they would take the fire that was caused and everybody kind of like the Olympic bringing a torch would take some of that fire and bring it back to their homes to, to protect their homes from the spirits. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's like eternal hearth. Style. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, that's, cool. that's really cool. Um, some other fun things uh, I found out is during this time um, that everybody was meant to participate. So anybody who wasn't participating um, in this kind of like wheel and bringing the fire and dressing up and dancing and doing all this, all this festival stuff, 
is that they would be fallen with death or illness. And also, during this time, they would also meet, uh, they would have to go and see the chief or the reigning leader of the tribe that was around here. And I thought, I was like, that's also odd, because that's kind of like a way for the the leader to see everybody that they're ruling over as well. It's a, it's just a medieval census. Yeah, it was like, I was like, is <laughs> everybody here? <laughs> Oh, they're All not right. here? Go, go put stale water in their house. Who, who lives in that hut? <laughs> they didn't bring fire this oh. year. Are they paying rent? Are you leasing that <laughs> hut? Oh. I see water over there. That's not good for them. And so, like, like if you look at the whole thing, it's like this, like, bo- a huge bonfire. They make fire. They bring it back to their homes. The leader's there, kind of like, oh, our popular celeb is here. And, and then in addition to that, um, they would, as Corey said, take food and put it on the outside of their village to protect fairies com- from coming into their village and kidnapping them and taking them away. Um, which is why they also dressed up like animals or monsters to try to disguise themselves as animals they're also monsters, yeah. as they're also part of the spirit party. Yeah. So I, I they used that. I I was reading that was the main thing I read about the 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 festival as a whole is they used. The, the costumes as a way as a defense mechanism. Basically, yeah. they. What's funny too is that um, I forget how you pronounce it. It's it's spelt like A C or something, but that's essentially the Celtic fairies and all the the those monster things. Um, but they were saying that the costumes weren't only to protect from them, but also from any of the dead who knew you in their life. So you would dress up. So that if they held a grudge, they wouldn't recognize you. Uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. And it's it's nice to see that at least one tradition that people do today is tied back at least two thousand years. Yeah, is and, and almost for the same reason. I feel like uh, as we'll learn as we go along through it is that the reason for dressing up in the first place was to hide yourself amongst the the demons and spirits that would be out during this time. Yeah, because that those two ideas. I feel like stretched themselves all the way through time and every single Halloween esque tradition is that the this one or two days of the year is the one time of the year where the spirits and the physical world meet. Meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's and, crossover between Yeah, the two. there's crossover. And this is the one time where spirits can cross over in our realm. And in certain traditions, as we'll find out, that's a good thing. And in certain traditions, that's not a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> like in this one. They're like, no, 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 keep keep our dead away or in well, their own in section. Essence, their whole thing is just like the Fae and like all the other things. It's all mystical and mm-hmm. it's not just like ghosts. It's every sort of supernatural thing versus in other traditions. It was just the dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a popular a popular uh, a monster from this era is actually the Dullahan, which is a a monster who whose head is. Uh, separated from its body either it can just have no head or it holds its head because it's like mystically tied from its neck to the bottom of its head through magic <laughs> yeah it's commonly known as like the headless horseman yeah. um isn't there a movie on it sleepy hollow yes that one yep. yeah that's the big one and that's the i believe the american tie to it as mm. well yeah and and monsters like this there's a there's several other in this uh this culture but they would come and just pick you up they would kill you they would inflict death upon you um 
And that's the reason why they hold these festivals inside the village in the first place is that everybody can be together around the fire and protecting each other. And anybody who is outside of the village, which is probably also why they had that whole like, go greet the your leader or go greet the chief. So that way everybody could be right next to each other, like participating. Small town living. Yeah. And, and also to be like, well, it's enforced participation, but it's also enforced safety. So yeah, to yeah, like yeah. be like, you better stay here. Or you're gonna go out there and die like Uncle Tim last year. Probably also like, hey, you weren't at the party. What were you doing that was so important? <laughs> I was filling my I was filling my house with stagnant water. Yeah. Just, you know, and not taking the bonfire fire back to my place. Yep, all I, the things I'm not supposed to do. I'm worshiping the dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and this was it was really cool to research so in in the first place. Yeah, and. Several several years later, <laughs> a lot of years, a lot of years later, eventually when the Romans started taking over, um, and as we all know, when the Romans took over, as we know with Greek tradition, they started incorporating a lot of the cultures that they permeated themselves through into their own myths and beliefs. Going, hmm, well, you believe in Zeus. Well, we're gonna take that name. And we're going to change them to something else. It's like they reverse were, appropriation. Yeah, it is they, reverse appropriation. They more or less are a military thing. They weren't really the about culture or intelligence. They were like, no, we want to just conquer things. Yeah, which is why there's a, still a lot of pagan-based uh, dates and beliefs still in um, Roman culture, which carries itself over to today. And one of the first things they one of the first things they did with a Halloween or Sowen, because it was a, a Celtish thing. Um is Celtic, yes. Celtic thing. <laughs> well Weltic thing. Um is they turned it into the holiday Feralia. And that came in between uh Sowen and All Saints Day, which we'll talk talk about in a bit. Um and what it was is they actually pushed the date back into October, uh like towards late October, but I don't think it was like the end of what we know as October, because obviously calendars and things were shifting around this time. Mm-hmm. And they they started doing a two-day thing, which was the same thing as Sowen. Sowen was also the 31st to the 1st, although, quote-unquote, 31st to the 1st. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but also uh, the Celtics used uh, the start of the day was actually at sunset. I so don't know. it makes sense. We'll just say you're right. Yeah, so it makes sense that the 31st to the 1st, because then it's sunset till sunset. Well, also, the day. it's believed that, um, if I'm wrong, don't sue me, um, that sunset is when the time that the portal itself was closest together. Uh, oh, because yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the day and the night met, and that's when the barriers were at their weakest. Mm. Usually and then it was as at midnight, yeah, and then at once it started hitting night, it got stronger and stronger. Yeah, yeah. And then as it as it shifted um, and night waned, it would get weaker and weaker as the sun came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also why the darker days is like this is the time of spirits because the this is when they're longer. Yeah, the nights are longer, like that, and yeah. this is when they're and stronger. Full of terrors. Um, and similar to the two-day event is that they would use, in Feralia, they would use, um, I'm just, someone's going to tell me it was wrong. It's like, Frahalhala. <laughs> uh, hey, no, 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 no. It's not, <laughs> it's not Celtic, so 
it's faralga. It's it's written as it's as it's said. I think in this case, it's not. It's not Gaelic where everything is weird. No, it's just said through the mouth of a young boy. Faralala. The first night would be used to commemorate the passing of the dead. Which would lead into the second night being more about the like uh, not bountiful harvest but celebrating life, and they would celebrate um, and honor the Roman goddess Pomona, which we oh. know is just a ripoff of other gods. Wait, so Greek tradition. is that off topic? But is that where the name pomegranate comes from? Yes. Hey, get out of here. Get out yeah. of here. Yes. Yes. That cool. is exactly because that's like the seediest and nuttiest of fruits. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Pomona was the goddess of, of fruits and trees. So they would use the first night to celebrate the dead and the next day to celebrate life. Huh. Um, there we go. Which is also odd because, again, winter is the time where things die. Uh, so. I mean, you know what? You don't appreciate what you got until you don't have it. Exactly. It's, more, it's like a maybe a celebration, but it's more of a remembrance of life because yeah. as things die, you want to try and remember that also, you're still alive. Um, I'm pretty sure they would also take the, the traditions of sewing. Um, which um, in some be- some researchers said that they would party for six days and that drinking to excess was a, a normal thing during this time, which seems to fit right into Roman celebration. I was going to uh, say, Romans would do that anyway. Yeah, so. they would do like, oh, we're celebrating the dead. Drink too much and eat too much. And then we're celebrating life. Do the same thing. We're it's gonna, another Tuesday. We're yeah. going to go into baths and drink a lot. Yeah, and also makes sense. They're, uh, Rome is a, bit more, is a lot more south. So it makes sense that their winters wouldn't hit as hard. So that way, celebrating life makes more sense because their crops wouldn't wither as much as the northern crops. That's true. Good point. Yeah. And that uh, Feralia leads nicely into what most of our traditions or most of our, our, most of what Halloween is called now, All Saints Day. Yes. So more or less as... uh... Christianity became the prevalent religion. Uh, there's a lot of different schools of thought on how All Saints Day came to be known. Um, and I personally didn't do as much research into it on purpose because there's too many different stories about it that says, oh, well, it started as a feast and then they did this other thing. And then there, it was just super complicated and there's no kind of official thing because... The other split train of thought is that, as with a lot of other holidays that Christianity has kind of taken hold of, it takes pieces of other holidays mm-hmm. and says, no, this is too demon heavy. Or, no, this is not in line with what our religion is, so we need to turn it around and make it more Christian friendly. Mm. And so uh, All Saints Day was literally a celebration of all the saints that went up to heaven. And that takes place the day after Halloween on november 1st and so previous to that they it's like the sale that you get after halloween of all the excess candy they're like saints we got them we got extra yep. ones here you go bundle them all together and <laughs> send them up there get them up there that's kind of the funny thing is, is they more or less took a similar thing to the roman aspect they did the first day of they actually flipped it the first day was celebrating the saints which in they in the case of christianity is more a celebration of those that are truly holy and things like that. And then the next day was All Souls Day, where they celebrated the dead and, you know, remembrance and things like that. So they kind of took that Roman tradition and said, 
well, we're going to flip it and not celebrate gods because we only have one god. And we're going to celebrate the most prominent figures in our religion that aren't god. And then the next day, instead of uh, celebrating life, we're going to celebrate the dead instead. Rock on, yeah. And before that, (laughs) um, because they are holy days, the night before All Saints Day was called All Hallows Eve. And so that's what ended up turning into what we now know as Halloween, because Halloween translates literally into the Eve of All Hallows. Interesting. Yes. Interesting indeed. And that whole three-day uh, thing was actually called All Hollow Tide. It literally is a combination of all three days. Well, the one night and the two days, which was interesting as well. Like the masses form in a tide. <laughs> I guess. Push forward. It, and this was a lot of uh, um, English, uh, British kind of influence and kind of how they named things and, and all that other stuff. And obviously the heavy... Uh, Christian fundamentalism that was very much in older England and, and how that kind of influenced in a, on a word, worldly progression. Hmm. Um, so a nice timeline of how Halloween became itself. And then basically <laughs> uh, it kind of turned into what we know as of today. Um, however, there's two specific uh, tradition, Halloween traditions that I looked up that I did some heavy research on because they're kind of what we now know as the main two things from Halloween, more mm-hmm. or less, other than dressing up in the basics. And we already know where that comes from, so yeah. <laughs> um, which is trick or treating and uh jack o' lanterns or pumpkin carving. So I'm gonna start with trick or treating, which actually had its roots in that same similar vein of what we just talked about, the All Hollows Eve and All Souls Day and things like that. Um Back then, it was called uh, guising because they they would get into disguises, obviously. Um, and it was actually uh, more about uh, children and poorer families, and they would go from house to house. And in exchange for songs or dances or things like that, they would get food, and they would call that souling back then. Mm. Or uh, what was the other thing that I said? So, oh, they would call the people doing it solars. That's so metal right um What's and up so with the solars yeah so that kind of turned itself into what the tradition of turning into trick-or-treating but the phrase trick-or-treating uh didn't exist the 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 term actually came from 1927 in canada which i was surprised i'm like interesting yeah uh and then eventually because canada is so close to the united states it Slowly worked its way down south, and then the United States took on uh, took that kind of tradition in calling it trick or treating. However, from the beginning, apparently the U.S. hated that phrase in that 1927 frame mm. until basically up to the 50s. They hated the the tradition of trick or treating and going house to house and giving out treats. Um, even to the point in one of the uh, New York parades, there was a sign that basically said like. Um, men aren't beggars, basically, because they basically, you know, in the 1950s, they're like, we're all men and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the machoism uh-huh. of being a man. Yeah. And so they, yeah, they were like, boys and men don't beg because it was seen as trick-or-treating was begging for candy. <laughs> but then literally right after that, um, three years later, uh, trick-or-treating was put into a Peanuts cartoon, like the Peanuts. Mm-hmm. 
And then from then on, basically, it became mainstream, and the United States then took on it, and now it's it is what it is today. Good job, entertainment. Wow. <laughs> right? Just brainwashed them so quick. Three year turnaround. <laughs> when well, you put stuff the into the peanuts, yeah. it brainwashes people. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about you know Charlie Brown and all that other stuff. It's very wholesome and everything like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I found that super interesting because basically it was like the U.S. like hated giving out candy. They're like, no, it's our candy, and. No, people don't beg for stuff. Get out of here, you crazy knuckleheads and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, you know what? This is fun. This is wholesome. Let's have children actually. It's free candy. Yeah. (laughs) My guess is there was some sort of commercial involvement as well. But uh, it did also take a break during World War II because there was a sugar sugar shortage Mm. in the United States. So that no one was handing out candy. That time times fast. Sugar shortage. Sugar shortage. You can still trick or treat, but I'm going to throw a carrot at you. Yeah. (laughs) That's they're all tricks that year. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was interesting and fun doing a little bit of research that I did on that. And actually, to me, the more interesting thing is this, the story about how uh, jack o' lanterns came to be. Um, they, yes, they originated from Irish tradition. Um, specifically, there was a story about uh, this guy named Stingy Jack. Yep. What a name. Yep. That's why they couldn't say trick or treat because of Stingy Jack. <laughs> I, I guess. I won't give away my candy. Uh, Stingy Jack was a uh, rascal of sorts. He did lots of evil deeds and, and more or less was a con man, sil- silver tongued con man, uh, to the point where in the story, in the folklore story, he did so much evil and conning that he got the attention of the devil. And the devil's like, I got to see if this guy's for real. So devil goes down and starts talking to Jack. And in return, Jack's like, oh, God, you're Satan. You're going to take me to hell. So I got to come up with a plan. He's like, you know what? As my one last request before you take me to hell, can I have some alcohol? Because, of course, this is an Irish story. And he was already drunk to begin with, but he wants to continue to drink. Mm -hmm. So the devil's like, oh, yeah, of course. Whatever. I'm going to take you to hell anyway. So, So he goes to the local pub. Buys him a whole bunch of drinks. And then at the end, Jack basically is like, well, now you have to pay for it, Satan. And Satan's like, okay, you're super brazen, but sure. So Jack convinces the devil to turn into a coin to pay for the drinks. The devil turns into a coin, and instead of Jack using it to pay for the drinks, he puts it in his pocket, and in his pocket was a crucifix. (laughs) And so through that... Satan get, then gets stuck into coin form because of the crucifix. Sure, it works like that. Yep. yep. Um, and then basically Jack makes a deal with him that says, okay, I'll let you free as long as you don't bug me for 10 years. Okay. 10 years later, Jack's like, oh, right. I forgot. 10 years. Okay. Uh, well, now before you take me to hell, I can you just get me an apple from up in that tree? I'm really hungry, and I don't want to go down to hell starving. <laughs> Satan's like, of course, that's easy. Climbs up a tree. Since when is Satan so, like, <laughs> like sure, yeah, <laughs> let me just do this thing for you real quick. Right. I feel like Stitchy Jack was like, it's just an apple. It's just an apple. You, Come Satan on. can't get an apple? The devil, like... <laughs> He has so, tiny arms, can't reach the apple. That's all I was going to say. He's like, he can't grow wings and go pick up the apple. <laughs> Apparently not. He can turn into a coin, but he can't fly up there. So he's climbing up the tree, and then Jack uh, carves into the tree, all around the base of the tree, crucifixes. 
<laughs> How quick can he carve all these screws in the bottom of the tree? Hey, you know the old rhyme, Jack be quick. He jumped over a candlestick. So, you know, he's nimble. He's nimble and quick. It's all the same Jack. Yeah, it's all, all Jack. There's only one Jack ever. <laughs> so then he basically uh, works at another deal and he tells the devil, okay, so if I'm going to set you free, you have to give me another 10 years and when I die, you cannot claim my soul for hell. And Satan's like, okay. So through the course of actions, obviously, he t- drinks a lot and eventually dies. So then he's rising up to heaven and God tells him, no, you are a terrible human being. I'm not letting you into heaven. You're crazy. So then he goes down to hell and the devil's like, I made a deal with you that I'm not going to claim your, cell, your, your soul. You cannot come into hell either. <laughs> So in return, the devil gives him an a uh, everlasting ember and says, "Okay, well, you're going to now you're stuck oh. traveling around and here's an ember to light your way." So the reason why it's a jack-o'-lantern is because uh Jack put that ember into a turnip with a face to light his way. I've seen those old turnips too, they're terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like the old really creepy. jack-o'-lantern turnips. Yes. Uh. And I'm assuming they just did pumpkin because it's a bigger canvas. Actually, uh, the reason why it changed over to pumpkin is because pumpkins and gourds were a lot more common of a crop in America. Ah. Yeah. So um, when obviously the Irish came over to America and and through the pump uh, the uh, potato famine and everything else like that, gourds and pumpkins were a lot more readily available. So they wanted to keep their tradition. And it changed over to pumpkins. I finally understand a character from American Gods now. Which which one? There was a character who always had a silver coin, and he was of Irish descent. And (laughs) and, he was stingy Jack. And he was stingy Jack. He would he would do a lot of tricks with it. Like it was just he would always have a silver coin. And I think that was also blended like with like Leprechaun myth. Uh, But I was like I was like now I know where the silver coin comes from. It's like it's a thing. And I'm like whoa. That's a very cool story, though. Thanks, Richard. Right? Yeah. That was very and, educational. And obviously, the O in, in Jack O' Lantern actually has to do with Will O' Wisps as well, because that was also very common in um, Irish. But it also makes Gaelic. sense, because Will O' Wisps are glowing light that, mm-hmm. that are usually in swamps or bogs. And that also makes sense of that if Stingy Jack is carrying a little light and, and going around you know, the world. And yeah, it all makes sense. I would recommend, though, to all of our listeners, <laughs> if you want to see a really crazy picture, as Corey just said, look up original jack-o'-lanterns turn up and you'll see literally a little turn up with a little face carved it looks creepy it's but like someone it's took cool. a jack-o'-lantern that we know and love and then did the like the voodoo magic that happens at the end of beetlejuice to beetlejuice's head <laughs> shrunken head <laughs> yeah yeah it's true because the eyes are not like a normal triangle shape they're like slits and mm-hmm. like the mouth is just kind of a wide slit and then there's like little that's nose per- holes it's really creepy. i know what we need to post on social media now perfect hey that's exactly <laughs> come learn about this creepy thing <laughs> um and this kind of brings us nicely into a tradition that's not halloween um and i want to put that out there first and say this is not halloween nor is it a different culture's version of halloween not at all. It is a completely separate and the only it's only a completely separate tradition and the only thing tying it together is the um time of year, right? Time of year and it well, still has to do with the passing of the dead. Because well, and it actually has to do with the All Saints Day and All Souls Day mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and um they adapted it's it. It's more of a living holiday too, right? Yes, uh, it is still very widely celebrated today. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. It's a massive celebration in, in Mexico. And because it happens around the same time of year, we also thought this would be a perfect time to talk about it. Um, because none of us celebrate it, so it'd be a, a little harder for us, at least, to talk about it for an entire podcast length. Yeah. So um, we're talking about, of course, Dia de los Muertos, or translation, the Day of the Dead. And again, this is not a Hispanic or Mexican version of Halloween. This is a completely sep- separate um, tradition. And in, in fact, it's a reverse, um, because a lot of Halloween traditions are about like fearing spirits, and fearing the dead, um, even though, like we've talked about, it's celebrating, it still was done in a way to be like, whoa, 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 we'll keep the dead and the living separate. Well, that's what Soen was clearly yeah, that's all about. Clearly what like, and I don't want to get taken away. I don't want to die. Yeah. So I'm going to do partake in this specific party festival thing. And real quick, if you have not seen Coco, I mean, that will give you a quick jump into yeah. what Dia de los Muertos is, um, which is a celebration of the dead. And it's like a huge festival. Uh, depending on where you are, obviously. Yeah. Like, it's not, you're not going to walk down the street and be like, oh, whoa, there's a bunch of people selling Dillas <laughs> Muertos. But in certain certain parts of the world, it's like a huge festival. Everybody comes together um, and celebrates um, their ancestors coming back. And that's like a really, it's a lexico definition. That's <laughs> really, pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. And it's actually celebrated over multiple days as well, similar to the way that um, we went over with uh, All Saints Day and All Souls Day. Uh, but they separate theirs. Uh, it was interesting reading about it because theirs is similar um, in that they believed around the same time that the the veil between the the living world and the dead world was close together. But theirs was like a day day off basically, and they separated the two days. Is one day was for children. The first day was for the children, ghosts and things, and then the second day was for everybody. Um, and they basically had a full 24-hour period where the spirits of family members would come and celebrate and do music and other things like that with their family. And what they would have is almost like a little altar setup that was called an ofrenda, where they would have um, flowers and um, food and other things like that, along with pictures and, and stuff of those family members celebrating that specific passed away family um, traditions. This um, I was just doing some quick research, and they would have a, the six basic items between them all would be skulls, um, also known as sugar skulls. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. calavera. Like yeah, um, they would have marigolds out. They would have. Oh perf- yeah, the marigolds are actually called. I don't know how to say that word, but it's called like kempo shield. Kem uh, kempa suchil. Um, they would have perforated paper, which is what you see hanging all over the place. Very bright colors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very bright colors. They would have uh, Bread of the Dead, Pan de Muerto. Um, and then the last thing they would have is salt and photographs. And as you see, photographs were the reason why the dead can come back. It's because the memories of them would still reside in the families or uh, the living family members. So... They would put all this stuff on the altar, put food out for the dead to take back with them, mm-hmm. um, and then the ancestors would come out if their photo was on the altar. That's and that, super nice. Well, and that's literally like the story of Coco. Like the movie was very much about that familyness and the photos and everything else like that. Yeah. And they, the imagery, as you already pointed out, was skull heavy, and they also do lots of skeletons and stuff like that. 
um, to obviously signify the dead, and then the bright colors and other things like that were meant to kind of yeah, it was a show all that. It was a well. celebration, and yeah. um, and the big the bigger idea is it was a time where you can celebrate with your ancestors and not just be apart from them, kind of sharing what's going on in your life and and um, giving them a a space to be with their family again. Time of remembrance. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense too because like that, I believe. Um, it, it's very popular to share the idea that you have two days when you die, the day that you die and then the day that your family stops mentioning your name. Yeah, so that makes sense. This, this makes sense as being like a way of keeping your family away from that second death, yeah. essentially. And this is, it's also a time where, you're, uh, if I'm not mistaken, your family would share stories about the older ancestors yes. that maybe the younger, the younger individuals would not know about. Well, and that's also like a similar thing. They it was very music uh, heavy as well. And the the main things that they that the articles I was talking about is they made sure the mention was this is not Halloween, this is not Mexican Halloween, mm-hmm. but there are similar traditions in that costumes are very prevalent and there's lots of parades. So the celebration aspect is obviously for a very different reason and other things like that, but. The party element, even though it's from two different places, is still very prevalent across those three days, Halloween and All Saints Day and All Souls mm. Day. And also, you would see a major difference in the costumes themselves. Oh, yeah. And Halloween is just like, dress up, whatever, whatever you, want, you want, or dress up as something scary, and deal it, uh, Day of the Dead, I'm just going to say that, my tongue can't do the flipping of anything anymore. <laughs> uh, um, in the Day of the Dead... It's like Richard said, it's a lot of heavy skeleton imagery. So like that traditional thing you see in Halloween where people just like dress up black and then look like bones. That's the traditional, like if you're going to dress up, like go like dress up, either you're going to dress up in something formal or you're going to dress up in the very like skeleton-esque wear, masks, black and white paint Mm -hmm. all over them and things like that. Yeah, I know. It looks awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, or, you know, you stick, you'd be more traditional and just wear a skeleton mask or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And a lot of the art and stuff that comes out around now is like beautiful, like decorated skulls, not just like black, uh, black and white paint, but it's, they're fully decorated flower imagery, all everything. Reds or pastel colors, mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah. Very beautiful time of the year. Um, so, and I was mentioning Coco is our, only our easiest way to say, this is the easiest way you can access to what Day of the Dead is. On a Otherwise, simplistic level. On a yeah. simplistic level, because Coco it obviously doesn't go into each individual little piece of Day of the Dead, but it gives you a very general overview about it. Otherwise, I would definitely say like there's a few games out there that do it. Um, I feel like the beginning of Tomb Raider, like they do like she's at the beginning of the Day Day of the Dead Festival. That's right. Um and there's a few other hits and misses out there with entertainment. But I'll definitely say you could easily go on YouTube and go Google up a festival or YouTube up a festival and see firsthand of what, what a celebration looks like. Because I always believe a lot of hearsay, but if you actually view it yourself, you're going to learn a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that was our little intro into the origins of Halloween and the origins of the Day of the Dead. Uh, well, not the origins of what, what Day of the Dead is, because Day of the Dead, about. yeah, Day of the Dead has some roots back into these other cultures. And again, the biggest difference being celebrate it, celebrate the dead. Don't be sad on that day, because your ancestors wouldn't want you to be sad. They want you to celebrate their lives and what they did. 
Um, and if you enjoyed this podcast, why don't you go check out our social media? Um, at Generally Casual. At Generally Casual. Um, we also have a Discord, um, which is always in our link for the podcast description. Um, if you'd like to come talk to us, um, you can hit us up on any social media. You don't need to join our Discord. You can just hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we don't have Snapchat, so don't worry about no. that. <laughs> Facebook, but Facebook, Twitter, yeah. and Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Otherwise, it's been lovely discussing another awesome topic with you guys. Thank you for joining me, Richard and Corey. It's been fun. It yeah. has been. It's this been was really, a fun topic. This was. And it was very casual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also thought it was cool the bobbing for apples is an actual, like, it's a Halloween thing because of Sowen as well, apparently. Oh. Yeah, apparently it has Celtic origins. Uh, essentially, it's to do with, like, Skahath telling one of the kings of the time, follow the apple, because the apple was, like, a sign of immortality. So that's why you bob for apples. Hey, one last little uh, historic bit. Before oh, my goodness. I did read about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Corey. I almost forgot it. So you guys have it now. There and you, if you stay go. tuned with us all the way to the end, you will now learn about apples. <laughs> Bobbin for apples. Juicy apples. As always, thank you and stay weenie. <laughs> stay spooky. Stay hollowed. Stay all saints. Keep your eaves. The end of this podcast just turned into puns. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> take it or leave it. <laughs> wow. Take it or leave it. Get out of here. Get out of it. That was bad. No, no. We got to reset. That. We got to reset. We're here. We're One generally. Too many. We're casual. That was too many jokes at the end. Uh, yeah, we're going to stick with Stay Spooky. Ha- happy Halloween, everybody. And if you don't celebrate Halloween, happy whatever you celebrate. Uh, happy Day of the Dead. Sam Hain. So when. Bye, everybody.